Welcome to Comedians with Ghost Stories. I'm your host, writer and comedian, Emily Winter. And <laughs> if my voice sounds a little scratchy, it's probably because I didn't get enough sleep. Because guess what? I'm recording this, I'm re-recording this intro Wednesday morning that the pod comes out. I'm a little bit wondering if I'm in a haunted Airbnb for a month. Here's what happened. Last night at like 3.40 a.m., uh, my husband and I were sleeping, of course, and the fire alarm went off. I'm in a little apartment in Madison, Wisconsin, and there's one other apartment below, and I'm having trouble figuring out if there's people there or not. Anyway, um, it just said fire three times, and I was like, what? And we like walked all over the apartment. It's a small apartment. There was no fire. It was so weird that it just stopped right away. And then after that, we heard weird thumping. So I couldn't get back to sleep for some hours. Anyway, and also I'm recording so many podcast episodes here. I'm really excited for what's coming up. I've got like a ton of episodes coming. I just got a whole new like big batch of ghost stories. And um, so I'm wondering sometimes when I bulk record in a place, I kind of attract, I feel like I attract some weirdness. Is that what's happening? I don't know. If you are a person with special abilities in Madison, Wisconsin, please reach out. I would love to have you over to see if you, uh, I don't know, feel a ghost. Uh, okay, um, before I start this podcast, I also have one other cool story that a woman told me yesterday that I loved that was a spooky story. I was thrifting um, with my dog and I started talking to a woman who worked at a vintage shop and she, we were talking about our dead pets, of course, because I'm a little weirdo. I think I brought it up. And she was saying that she had two cats and one of them died. And when the one died, the other one just lost her mind. Like she was so beside herself and sad. And it was just a couple days after the death. And um, this woman was putting on her makeup on the couch, doing her mascara when she felt her cat come and you know, brush against her. And she said to the cat, oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, sweetheart. And then her husband came in and was like, who are you talking to? And he was, she was like, oh, our alive cat. And he was like, no, I've got her in the kitchen. And so she thinks her dead cat came to visit her and say, to tell her she was okay. I just think that's the sweetest and I'm probably not doing it justice. But I hope you liked that story, and I hope you liked this episode. I really like it. We had some audio troubles every time that I talked. He cut out for a couple seconds, and that sucks because his stories are so good. So I tried to, like, not butt in as much as I could. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and thanks for listening. Today on the podcast, I'm super excited to have comedian John Gilligan. Thank you for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me, Emily. I'm glad to be here finally. I'm I'm so pumped. And so you have you grew up in a haunted house. Yeah, that's a good way to phrase it. The mm-hmm. man built the house, died in it. He was the owner. He lived there, and and he would appear in a corner. You'd be sitting there in the room, and all of a sudden the room would just get foggy in one corner. And if you looked over and said hello, Frank, Frank would disappear for you. But oh. there. Was- my God. Yeah, there were certain things that Frank didn't tolerate, and one of them was dogs going into a certain room upstairs in the house. So that room was where the heat went first. We used it as a nursery. Guys. <laughs> you said dogs, and they were like, okay, it's uh, that's our cue. <laughs> <laughs> so the dogs would go up and, and watch the babies in the nursery, mm-hmm. and 
at 324 every morning, Frank would chase the dogs down the stairs. I don't know if you ever saw a dog go downstairs backwards trying to bite thin air. But the first time you hop out of bed and you're like, what in the world is going on? My dog is possessed and and maybe damaged. So how, well, okay, wait, let's back. Where, where is this house that you grew up in? So that was in a place called Rockaway Beach, which is in Queens in New York. Yes. So you've been there? I lived in uh, New York for 15 years. Yeah. But I've been to Rockaway Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's been there. Even you too. Took pictures there. (laughs) Oh, cool. Oh, my God. Yeah, Rockaway is very famous in Ireland because of the Irish Rebellion in 1916. Tell me more. There was a kid from Rockaway whose father was a very wealthy businessman. And this kid played a prank on somebody and ended up burning down a garage in 1914 that had a vehicle in it, which was like burning down somebody's Rolls Royce these days. Not everybody just had a vehicle laying around in 1914. Yeah. The kid disappeared for a while so they sent him over to dublin to study with the priests at trinity college and they had an uprising against the english and this kid broke into a museum and stole the queen's gown and her gloves and her tiara and he borrowed a gun and he fought the british they wanted to execute him but they found out that he was an american citizen and they had to send him home his dad accepted anybody who tried to escape after that, and Rockway became known as the Irish Riviera. There was suddenly an Irish bar on every corner. Everybody who could escape with a few dollars came over to America to try and raise money to send back to raise arms again. Whoa, that's such an interesting story. Wow, I, what, a, what a fuck up, this guy. Right. <laughs> and then dad is trying to help him out. So that's how this big Irish community. Believe what he did today, sir. <laughs> oh my gosh, crazy. Okay, so this is where you grew up, obviously many years after all of this. Um, and this is where Frank built the house. So were you guys the first owners after Frank passed away? Yes, Frank and his brother built identical houses, mirror image of each other on the same streets. That is so weird. Yeah, it it gets even weirder. Later on, I opened a cabinet shop in Rockaway Beach, and that cabinet shop was formerly a bakery owned by Frank's parents. Oh, wow. You cannot get away from this guy. This kept getting weirder and weirder. (laughs) Would appear to you in dreams and tell you, so, like, when I was a little kid, Frank told me about something, and I went under the front porch and came up with a record album that had um, a painting on the album called Shoe Fly Pie and Apple Pan Dowdy. And it was actually, like, somebody like this sticking out of a, uh, an oven with a piece of pie in their hand. And on the other side was a guy sleeping on a park bench, whatever song that was. But, like, Frank told me, go under the porch and have some fun digging around. So I did. My parents came home and whipped the crap out of me. What are you doing in the dirt? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he told you in a dream to go dig around under there. Did he tell you that you were going to find that album? No, just to go and have some fun. And then he took me into the room in another dream where the, he didn't like the dogs. And it was because the afternoon sun would come in. And he sent his mother up in there. And she died in the house, apparently. Or got sick and got shipped off to die from the house. But mm-hmm. he took me back. It was almost like going back in time. And he showed me this pictures on the wall and diplomas and whatever else. It was pretty wild. And then the most haunting thing, I still can't figure it out to this day. He said, you know where my money is? You have to look in the one that is different. And I was like, what the hell is different? The fireplace, the back room? Like we had nicknames for different rooms in the house. And 
what was different? What did he do? He was a plumber. He had clotheslines made out of pipe. Was there a pipe somewhere full of gold? Like, Did you ever find the money? Oh, so it could be under the front porch for all we know. Oh, my God. Tied me to that, and I'm too dumb. I come out with an album like, champion. <laughs> <laughs> so were you the only one in your family that was visited by Frank? No, everybody saw him. Frank would come and check out parties. You'd be having a party, and, and somebody, you'd like, you'd get a whiff of cigar. Frank smokes cigars, so every once in a while you get a whiff of cigar, and it, it just looked cloudy, like somebody was smoking in the corner of a room. But when you turn to look, it was clear as day. You're like, oh, normal people would say it's just my eyes. Did yeah. your What did your parents say about all this? Did they think it was funny? Did they... Were... they had to. My mom and dad were both New York City cops, so they had a very dark sense of humor anyway. But to sell a house with dead people and it's children, when you're moving them in, you got to kind of, oh, he's a friendly Casper type of ghost. He's not an evil, knock things off the shelf, Amityville horror guy. So it wasn't like there was ever a, like a, a malevolent spirit in the house or anything. It was just curious. Frank would show up and have a look around and he seemed to be happy with the way we treated the house. Did your friends all want to come over and see him? You couldn't. You could. There was just no telling when it was. And back then, you didn't tell people you had a ghost in your house. They'd be like, "We still have mental institutions, you know." <laughs> Thousands that you could tell these stories. That's what my next story kind of involves. Is the late '80s the next time I really had contact with a ghost? Oh, tell, so wait. So then you move out. Uh, did you just when you grew up? Obviously. So yeah, before I moved out of that house, I was in the military. So that, there was like a couple of years there. And I was dating a girl from another neighborhood. And I went over to her house. And that was where the next ghost was. Oh, okay. Tell me everything. Right? So her family had moved into this house as soon as the dad finished fighting in World War II. So they had been there for 45 years. And they had 13 kids in the house. So first of all, the house was never spotless in all those years. Yeah. And they had things like a giant china cabinet. Remember those things? Yeah. Full of report cards and school photos. Like, the thing must have weighed six tons. It was heavy. <laughs> and we were in her house upstairs, which her bedroom was above the kitchen. And I was looking out the window. She's doing her hair and makeup. We were going to a wedding or something. And there was all of a sudden this voice in my head said, this was my house. I got killed overseas, and my parents moved, and I don't know where they are. And I turn around to look and see, like, I heard clear as day what I thought I heard clear as day, as far as I know. I'm insane. But I looked at her like, did you hear that? She goes, what are you talking about? I was like, the guy. He just said this was their house, and he died here. Or he died, and his parents moved here. Yeah, well, I know that somebody, the kid who lived here, never came back from World War II or whatever. And I was like, oh, shit, that's the kid. He's telling me that that's... She's like, you're not talking to a ghost in my house. You're an idiot. I was like, I swear I'm talking to, you know, and now she thinks you're, you know, look, I look like I'm full of shit. I look like I'm going to lie to people. I get that. And we went downstairs and her sister was in the kitchen ironing whatever she was going to wear to the wedding. And this girl's going, dickhead says he saw a ghost upstairs. This jerk thinks this and that, blah, blah, blah. All three of us walked out of the kitchen past that giant china cabinet full of shit and all of the Stacks of teacups fell over on the glass door one after another as they walked past. The only way to save them was like with a two by four, open the door and 
I was like, does that happen a lot? They were like, that's never happened before. I was like, but it couldn't be a ghost, right? They're like, you're an ass. Oh my gosh. Well, one, I'm so sorry that I'm not like chiming in constantly because I realize that your audio stops whenever I talk. So I'm trying not to talk too much, but this is an amazing story. And then did you ever find out where the parents moved to so that you could tell him? No. No, like, and I don't even know if that's my place on the planet. Do you think that maybe you're like a little gifted? I know that for a fact. I dated a couple of people. My phone would ring and I knew it was them. Like I could easily pick up the phone and be like, hi, Emily, and never be wrong. There's, you can, there's certain times I can tell when people are thinking about me, whether it's good or evil or whatever it is. I just can't predict lottery numbers. <laughs> I wonder if the, all your experience with Frank brought that innate gift my, out. My grandma was some kind of Irish, Celtic, whatever you call it. Like she read tea leaves and she would say like mrs johnson doesn't look very good today and then the next day they would take mrs johnson away in the morgue like she just tried to phrase it nicely but she died when i was three so i never got any of that insider info and i guess it skips a generation my dad and his brothers his sister they never talked about anything like that except that you know my mother used to do that wild you know i i've, I've noticed from doing this podcast that a lot of men don't really like to if they if they have something they don't really like to indulge in it they're like uh-uh we're not doing that we're not doing that um, so i wonder if maybe they just like suppressed it but who knows i let it work for me sometimes and then there's other times i hear about people who are just so much better at it than myself so here's a weird story about those kind of people the psychic mediums i had an uncle when i was a kid who got shot to death by gangsters in new york city him and his partner owned a bar, and John Gotti's crew came in there and got crazy, and they killed him one night. A couple of years later, I had 10 or 12 years later, I had another uncle who shot himself in the head and killed himself. His wife went to a psychic, and that lady said, who's Jim, big tall guy, white hair? And she said, oh, that's my husband. And she said, there's a huge, loud ringing in my ear. What did he do? She said, I'm sorry I did it in the living room which is where he shot himself in the head. And he said, I was met here on the other side. He keeps saying a word like brother, but it's not brother. They don't look alike. His name is Richie. She's like, oh, that's my my brother-in-law who got murdered years ago. Okay, and there's another older James here with him as well. Like, yeah, that would be his dad. So those people are gifted. I'm just like, I think my girlfriend's on the phone. I'm just going to take the chance and say it. (laughs) I mean, I, I feel like it's a muscle. You could probably, and this is coming from somebody with no gifts, so, uh, but I feel like you could get better at it if you really wanted to, but it's also a scary thing to have. I think you're right, and I definitely am afraid to explore it. And, and I'll tell you my final fun story was, I don't know if you've ever seen Ghost Hunters. The guy, I lived in Las Vegas for over 20 years, and my kids went to school in Reno. There's a place halfway between called Goldfield, Nevada. It was supposed to be the capital. And then there was a bunch of murders. The gold ran out and there's a haunted hotel up there. So Zach Bates and his crew went and rocks were thrown at them. Small pebbles by allegedly ghosts saying, we don't like this guy. We hate Aaron and we're going to kick Aaron's ass. So... I was so into that show, like I've always been into ghosts. Like you just can't admit it and you can't tell anybody you think you're a psychic because people just don't accept it or didn't. And I wanted my picture taken. 
And I've had this thing about pirates my whole life, whether you're on the road or on the boat, stay armed. So I had two guns in the car. My ex was with me, and she was going to take the photo of me standing on the front porch under the sign, and the doors were chained shut. Big, heavy metal chain through two holes where the doorknobs used to be. It's a 150-year-old hotel. It's massive. She says, say cheese, and the door rattles. What in the world is going on here? The chain starts to whip its way through. Get a gun. She's like, what am I supposed to shoot? I don't know. I know we can't shoot ghosts. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It was the German film crew, documentary people who were there, spent the night locked in the place to get all their recordings and whatnot, and they just happened to be coming out at the same time I was posing and thought that angry ghosts were yanking a chain out of a door to murder me. Like, and it was I- just some Germans uh, making a do- Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> What's the name of the hotel? It was called the Goldfield Hotel. Okay. Yeah, and there's this old Nixon was was the name of the guy who owned one of the mines who came out and killed one of the guys when they tried to strike. So allegedly, like the miners' ghost is there at his office down the block from the hotel. Like the the high school is haunted up there. The it's a a lot of people have gone and investigated Goldfield, Nevada. May have to hit it. I'm driving from Wisconsin to back to LA uh, next month, so I may have to hit it on my way back. This has been awesome. What I just kind of want to know how it ended. Like when your parents did own the house, did they, did they tell the people that they sold it to? Like how did it end with Frank? Did you guys say goodbye? So legally in New York City, you have to tell them if somebody died in the house. But it was just so and so of a such and such. You know, it was just old Mrs. Johnson had a heart attack. It's not like somebody came in and beat everybody with an axe. Did you do like, bye, Frank, we're, we're out of here type we of thing? We always say bye to Frank. We would say hello when we came. Like, it just came to be a joke. Like, he was uh, a pet around the house, a cat or a dog. You walk in and you didn't want him to be mad at you. But yeah, there was times when you would definitely feel a cold draft when he went past you. Like, he was happy with the way the house held up. He got old. He couldn't take care of it. When we moved in, the house was yellow. And they took the artwork off the walls and it was white. Ooh. Yeah, so it was just nicotine from cigars. It was really, really heavy-duty smoke. Yeah, so you guys improved it. seemed happy with that. That's what I said. He took me and showed me where his mom used to hang out. and It's pretty wild. That's so cool. And he did that in a dream? Yeah. Since you've had this experience with him and the dreams, what do you think dreams are? That's a good question, because some of them are so weird. You're like, why am I toothless and, and naked in a church with a bag of cocaine? But I really feel like if they want to get in touch with you, that's the way they do it. Somebody can come to you in your dreams and, and fill you in on a lot of information, which makes me wonder, like, grow up wondering about one thing as a Catholic, what, what's the afterlife? But then as a, as a grown-up, you're like, this is phase one. What if this is just a huge DMT trip? Pop out of this and six of my friends will be sitting around a table like, how was it? <laughs> that is so funny and, and could very well be. I had dreams as a child that I watched them hang Benedict Arnold. Whoa. So do you think that was a past life thing? 
do. For a while, I did anyway. And when I asked people, they couldn't. Nobody really wanted to verify anything. But I had dreams as a young kid of watching the British approach across a common, like a grassy area. From this building, we were on the second floor, and it had like 11-foot windows, like a schoolhouse or an old, old-style, you know, those big, giant windows because it was so freaking hot in the summer. Yeah. So it was that kind of building, and then I was watching from the bushes when they kicked out this little stand from under his feet, and he hung in the tree. So you were part of the American Revolution? I don't know. It's like, possible. What would make me dream about a thing that I never saw and wouldn't have really known about? Gosh, yeah, and like you wouldn't really know about that if you were a little kid. Like, there's just no way. Yeah. This is, yeah, that's fascinating. I love it. Me too. Yeah. yeah, maybe I should just give up weed and focus on what's going on in my head. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, meditation, the final frontier, I think. It's, uh, I've tried everything else except that. Well, John, tell everyone where they can find you, find your comedy, find you online, whatever you'd like to plug. Oh, that's so funny. Most of the stuff is people stole it from Las Vegas. I was I was like the equivalent of a, a house band or whatever you call it, a house music, contract musician. Or In Las Vegas, there's a couple of comedy clubs. that There's like four of them owned by the same guys. So every night I would do a show at 6 o'clock, five nights a week, and 9 o'clock, seven nights a week. There was other shows at midnight and whatever. And then I would also travel. And most of the videos of me is people who were in the audience. Like I never really started, but I ended up doing six or 700 shows a year. Like I should have, it was great experience. And then COVID came, divorce happened. Comedy was different. And there was real professionals who were hurting, like suicidal about not having work, not having money. And I owned a handyman business. I've always had something else going on. I was like, you can give my work to these people. It's fine. Yeah. Got a horse came down here. I was like, how different could it be? And where in Florida are you? I'm on the West Coast. It's a really cute town called Port Charlotte. But okay. it's a really cute town full of old people. It's the oldest population in Florida. Uh... There are 78-year-old women on Tinder saying they're 53, hoping for the best. I'm like, I got to get out of here. This is... <laughs> You can find me on Facebook. I post something every day. I'm on Instagram, but I just mostly look at whatever's going on around there. Oh, yeah. that's scary that my dog knocks on the door when she has to go out. Oh, <laughs> well, this was very fun. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Comedians with Ghost Stories. If you liked this episode and you like this show, please rate and review it wherever you get your pods. That'll help other people find it and help the show grow. Um, also, you can follow me at Emily M. C. Winter on Instagram and Threads. I th- is that my Threads name? Yeah, it is. I'm on Threads right now. Emily M. C. Winter on Threads and Instagram. That's it. I hope you have a great day.